Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies! Gobble, 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 gobble! Let's do it! Absolutely. It is Thanksgiving Day week, and we are, uh, you know, putting the, recording this right before Thanksgiving happens. So we send you all a happy Thanksgiving, a wish for happy Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about so many things here on the show for sure. We're getting some breaking news that we have uh, attached to Black Panther too. We got some breaking news about that. We're going to get into some trailers here. We're going to talk some Kathleen Kennedy stuff. And our main topic today, we'll take the break, and our main topic will be talking about things that we're thankful for in the world of geekdom. Uh, and yes, of course, we're thankful for all of you who listen and watch us, but also other things we are thankful for in the world of geekdom. That's what we're going to do. But first of all, let's introduce ourselves. I'm the outlaw, John Roca, uh, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies. Michael? Uh, I'm Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. Shan? And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the Goldbergs, and Silicon Valley. That's right. And today we are brought to you by our new sponsor here, Carbon Health. They're incredible people. They live under the credo of everyone deserves good health. They want to make quality, high-quality health care accessible for everyone. That's what they're all about here. They they do urgent care, primary care, and virtual care. That are, They're a leading national health care provider with a mission to bring high-quality health care to everybody. Carbon Health has 90 clinics in 14 states and offers virtual care in 24 states. And some of you are like, wait, why are you talking about health stuff? Hey, no matter what age you are, taking care of yourself and dealing Look, with your health stuff, it is super important, as we're going to get into here in some of the topics listen, on the show. Listen, Mikey, tell them, Mikey. we... We all sit around and watch a lot of things. <laughs> yes, we do. And it is easy to get real, real sedentary. You just Ooh. you just postmates, you just postmates that Taco Bell, yeah. pop on Netflix. Yeah. We need carbon health to stay healthy geeks <laughs> because a happy geek is a healthy geek. And For a sure. healthy geek is a happy geek. And a healthy geek will stick around longer, Shannon. 
Yes, I agree. <laughs> and, keep, and keep being a part of the Geek Buddies for sure. Yes. Uh, all right, real quick, for those of you who are new to the show, thank you so much for taking a chance on us. For those of you who are not new, thanks for staying aboard. We appreciate it madly. The way it works is each of us presents a geek news topic. We talk about it amongst ourselves, take a quick break, and jump into our main topic. So I'm going to lead off this with this Wait, breaking news. Do I get to do it? Do I get to do it? Please. Yes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. My- Shannon gets his trailers. Now I go. Okay. Are ready? True. Ready? Beep, 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 breaking geek news. <laughs> That's right. Breaking geek news. Uh, we got this from a pretty reliable source of ours who is close to the production. Uh, that person, uh, we through, through a couple of sources here, we've got this that are close to the production here of Black Panther 2. The news is that it was absolutely going to be Shuri as Black Panther 2. And the reason they have shut down is they shot apparently 70% of Black Panther 2. But because uh, the actress refuses to get vaccinated, they are now absolutely retooling everything, changing their approach. And someone else will now be Black Panther in Black Panther 2. But it was going to be Shuri, but it is because of Letitia Wright's um, anti-vaccination stance. That's what we're hearing. Like we can't confirm this, but that's what we're hearing from our sources. And we feel like we should break this on the show that that's the reason why black Panther two is shutting down right now. They're rewriting the script and they're going to reshoot a bunch of this with someone else as black Panther gentlemen reactions. Uh, well, just to be clear. So yeah, this is what we're hearing. We don't know a hundred, hundred percent if it is confirmed, but it sounds pretty reliable. Like Johnny yep. said, and also to be clear, not that they are making a political statement and saying you aren't getting vaxxed. It is just logistically yeah. uh, they can't shoot the movie because right. there are rules and they can't have her there. So right. I think that just given the challenges, it sounds like, you know, obviously we all know that there was a script prior to Chadwick Boseman's passing where he would have been carrying on the torch as T'Challa as Black right. Panther. Uh, that went away. Now, uh, apparently, the script that was 70% shot was Shuri as Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And now that is going away. And now there's going to be a third Black Panther. So a lot, a lot going on in Wakanda. Uh, <laughs> that, that, is, that is for sure. What's your reaction to this, Shannon? I mean, uh, Shuri Wright, there was a lot of rumors about her being having these anti-vaccination stands. She's, been, she's spoken about it. And listen, by the way, rightfully so. I mean, I know I understand a lot of uh, people I know in the black community. Uh, we've heard from the members of the black and brown community and Latino community as well. A lot of suspicion about the government giving them vaccination, all these kinds of things. So it's not. And because of the history of how the government has given vaccinations to people of color in this country, that is something that they take very seriously. So there's a lot of trepidation here. So certainly no judgment on her stance. She has a right to be anti-vaccination, but a company also has a right to go forward and decide what they want to do and what kind of set they want to run for sure. So what's your reaction here to first A, she was going to be Black Panther, but B, now that they're absolutely changing course uh, or changing horses midstream and going in a new direction with Black Panther 2. Well, I mean, to the first point, I think that's what everyone had kind of presumed because in the comics, Shuri has been Black Panther in the past. Um, So the fact that that was going to happen, not a huge surprise, but still it's like we we have, you know, loosey-goosey confirmation from our our source that that's Mm -hmm. what was going to happen. In terms of um, them changing everything and retooling everything this deep into production, that's a, that's a big move, but as yeah. Vogel put it, like this this does not seem to be a political move. This is a logistical move that yeah. she, you know, that she was recovering from an injury, um, allegedly, uh, you know, at, at home in England, 
Yeah. And to get back in the country now, like you, you apparently you, you know, you have to be vaccinated. Right. So, I mean, you can't make the movie if your lead is not there. Like you yeah. can only shoot around, so, you know, your, your main cast members coverage for so long. So it's, it's not a shock that ultimately they did have to make this decision. Um, I'd be curious to hear what the discussions were behind yeah. this. I mean, further behind the scenes than we know about, like, yeah. are, are, should we just take the movie off the calendar for, you know, uh, like just keep kicking, kicking the can down the road yeah. until she's ready. Or were they looking at the long game and being like, look, this ties into this, this ties into this, this ties into I this. Mean, and I she's think... going to be a prominent player moving <clears throat> forward. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's best to cut our losses now. Michael, we just—I uh, don't know if you—you uh, guys have seen this, but two General Hospital actors were removed from the series from the uh, soap opera because they won't get vaccinated, and so they're gone. Do is this the is Letitia Wright gone from Black Panther? Is what I'm asking you. Do you think that just because just that this anti-vaccination issue um, extends to the point where they're like they're not going to have her back, which is why they're reshooting this whole thing. They're going to go whole new direction and not even have her be a part of the MCU anymore. I mean, I think, I think that, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's all a shame to me. Well, I'm ba ba backing I, up. I think it's, I rarely it's stump really, Michael. So yes. Well, I think it's just disappointing because I think yeah. when Black Panther came out, um, I think it's safe to say that Letitia Wright's performance as Shuri was one of the standout mm. parts of the movie. Everybody loved her. Absolutely. Everybody thought she was amazing. Everybody was excited when she showed up in Infinity War. Like she's a great character. Shuri's a great character in the comics. I think Letitia Wright did a really good job playing Shuri and bringing yeah. her into the MCU. Um, and so as all of this anti-vax stuff was going on, um, you know, as is the case with lots of people on social media, there was a lot of like kind of disappointment and kind of like, ugh, this is annoying. Um, as Shannon said, you know, logistically, I think you just reach a point where it just becomes too hard. I think yeah. that if be, if they were going to just recast her, if they were just going to get rid of Letitia Wright, mm -hmm. then maybe they would just recast her and still keep Shuri as the main character in this movie. I think the fact that they're shifting gears means they'll probably keep Letitia Wright. I don't think this is a punitive, mm -hmm. like, you've ruined everything for us. We're going right. to kick you out. Yeah. Um, so I think that Shuri will remain in the MCU um tbd what happens with her in the future maybe like once all of this is all said and done and we've all calmed down and COVID is just this horrible memory of that amazing two years where we all were miserable then sure you can go on and do amazing things so maybe right. this is just a move where for now they need to keep moving because i do think to shannon's point if a lot of the rumors that we've heard about Namor and some of these other things that might be popping up in Black Panther 2, it sounds like Black Panther 2 is going to be pretty prominent and important in where the MCU is going in Phase 4. So I don't yeah. know that they want to wait and kick it down the curb. So I think they're doing what they need to do to keep the movie at least somewhat on schedule. Yeah. And then hopefully uh, down the road, we'll see what happens with Shuri. That, that, would be, that, that seems like the most level-headed way to handle it. Yeah. And just to clarify, we are getting this from a source of ours who has a source on the set who uh, had access to the scripts and had read the scripts and had been on the set for some of the shooting of Black Panther 2. And they were able to give us this kind of information. So kind of crazy. And we're breaking this first time. I think we've done geek uh, breaking news on the Geek Buddies I know. here. That's why I did. Uh, the, so... That's why I did the bit. Yeah. I had the yeah. opening. It's the first time I got to do it. So don't you breaking geek news. <laughs> 
which is like the old MTV. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the situation. But I wonder where we're going for. Like, okay, so then the next step here before we uh, wrap up this particular section of this topic, who is going to be the Black Panther? Uh, we heard from our source as well that the rumor is Winston Duke. Mbaku seems to be the next logical choice because he fought, remember, T'Challa in the first movie to become Black Panther. So the death of T'Challa opens the pot the door to the possibility of Mbaku stepping in here. And that could work storyline-wise, because remember, they had kind of ostracized themselves from the other tribes because they didn't like how technologically advanced the other tribes had become, the country had become. They wanted to go back to the old ways and keep in uh, the tradition of the old ways. Now bringing them into the future and having to be part of leading this nation against everything. It's an interesting challenge and some fun storylines to explore. Do you think Mbaku is the way they're going to go? I think right now they're probably saying it's a shame that we killed Killmonger, but I do think that uh, given who's fair. given who's left, given who's left uh, alive <laughs> in the moment, uh, I think Mbaku is a pretty good uh, safe bet. I think yeah. that you know, to your point, like when you look at like the arc of the movie uh, and how close he was mm -hmm. to becoming um, the Black Panther, I think that uh, it would make story sense for that arc to continue with him. Okay, uh, yeah. Do you think so too, Shannon? Or, or is, you know, Michael will go back with you on this after the, after Shannon speaking. Wakabi is what I mean, Daniel Kaluuya just won a Best Actor Oscar, is the, or Best Supporting Actor Oscar. Is this a possibility as well? I think Wakabi is off the board. Okay. Um, in, in my opinion, I think I think Winston Duke as the head of his tribe there there's a there's a story path for that that makes sense okay. um you know also okoye denai guerrero is very very popular people would yeah. be absolutely True. down to see her wear the oh. vibranium suit of yeah. of black panther but also um lapita nyango's nakia right. i mean nakia. this is a character that we haven't seen since black panther and people have talked about that like how come she, how come she didn't come back for infinity war how come mm. you know how come she wasn't there during endgame like you know she was basically a spy like she was brought back mm -hmm. for you know because t'chaka died and so you know ostensibly she's probably out in the world someplace but there are options out there um yeah. mm -hmm. the one i mean winston duke by all accounts is is a wonderful person yeah so i i think the idea of having this massive dude be black panther is kind is kind of cool but again yeah. i think i think okoye or nakia would both be awesome but wakabi yeah. i think is gone I, yeah. I think okoye or nakia before wakabi as well mainly just and i yeah. you're right he's an amazing actor but his arc in black panther one was best friend to i betrayed you yeah and having that come back around to I'm gonna do the do the right thing like it's not as clean as uh, Nakia's a potential storyline, Okoye's potential storyline, or Mbaku's potential storyline, which all three of them you have really strong reasons why mm -hmm. they would want to and be uh, right to step into that role. Um, I'm gonna throw one more out here, and. It's kind of out of left field, but it's out of the. It's uh, you know, it's connected to what's happened in the comics. Is this the way they bring in Storm? Does Storm now? Do we find out that this uh, a character, this person, Storm, that she has Wakandan blood? Do they adjust her origin, have her have Wakandan blood, and have her come in? And that way, you, you were already going with a female Black Panther. You could go with Naki. You could go with with uh, with um, uh, 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 sorry, Denai Guerrero, Okoye. You could go that direction. But the possibility of Storm is 
could be in play here uh, as a way of kind of introducing her before you introduce the X-Men. I mean, that sounds heard... like that sounds like something DC would do. Not <laughs> we've we've heard for a bit that Storm could possibly pop yes, up, but that, that was a rumors. while ago. And, and I don't think the introduction of Storm kind of solves your problem right okay. now. I think that's right. that's adding another piece on the board that is not the lead. Okay. I also Let's think see. just again, and this is kind of like when we were talking about uh, last week with mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield potentially rescuing Zendaya if, uh, you know, like yeah. all of the stuff that we were conjecturing about No Way Home. I don't, if you are a hardcore comic book fan who has been waiting your entire life to see the X-Men show up in the MCU, which most of us are, mm-hmm. uh, Aurora stepping up to be the Black Panther, you'd all, we would all be like, oh, that's really cool. If you are not a comic book person... True. And you go see this movie and some random woman who you've never seen before shows up and says, I'm Black Panther now, you're kind of like, huh? And that's why I think like they're, I, whether or not these characters who are going to become mutants start popping up in the MCU in some of these movies, uh, definitely a possibility. I have no idea what they're going to do with mutants and how they're going to yeah. handle it. But I don't think they're going to all of a sudden show up and then take super prominent roles. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Well, just something to think about. Uh, all right. Well, there we go. That's our breaking geek news here. We got it just before we started recording uh, the, the uh, news that uh, Shuri was going to be Black Panther and Black Panther 2. And due to the anti-vaccination stance of Letitia Wright, they have shut down production. They had shot 70% of the movie. They've now shut down production to kind of course correct and readjust. And we'll find out down the road who uh, the new Black Panther will be uh, in this new version. And God bless Ryan Coogler. He's probably had to rewrite the script like 35 <laughs> times, for God's sake. Rough, you both write, you're, bo- you're both writers. I'm sure this would drive you both insane. I would cry. <laughs> I, would, I would cry. I would, well, mm. when you look at the different version, like this this could be the third version. Yes. And it's not like he takes one pass at it and it's done. Like right. you're doing multiple versions. And yeah. to know that you've done multiple versions of one, then another. Now you're going back in. Oh, boy, that sounds yeah. like a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, where are we off to next in our second uh, Geek News item here? Michael? Well, as is often the case, we are leaving the MCU and going to a galaxy far, far away because it's our two favorite things to talk about. Uh, but Empire Magazine has an article coming out that interviewed Kathleen Kennedy uh, about all things Star Wars. Um, you know, she talks a lot about a lot of things. She talks a lot about the really emotional reunion of Hayden Christensen and uh, Ewan McGregor as yeah. Anakin and Obi-Wan on the set of Obi-Wan yeah. and how great that was. Um, but the other thing that came up is that she talks about the sequel trilogy, and even though this is just a little comment, got everybody on the internet's a buzzin', um, saying certainly those are not characters we're going to forget, teased Kennedy of that third generation of Star Wars heroes. They will live on, and those are conversations that are going on with the creative team as well. The Force is as strong as ever. Hmm. Um, so, kind of just confirming the fact that despite the mixed reactions uh, across the board, I think it's safe to say, to Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker, Mm -hmm. um, that Star Wars is on a road where Rey, Finn, Poe, and the whole gang, Kylo's uh, Force Ghost, are all sort of still in play. And as they continue to fill out the universe, both sort of leading up from sort of Mandalorian era post-Return of the Jedi towards Force Awakens and picking up in the movies and TV series and animated shows that are going to take place either during or beyond the trilogy, that we're still going to see these characters, that we are not going to leave Rey Skywalker (laughs) behind uh, and that we're going to see more of them. So 
what do you guys think about that? I mean, we talk a lot about what Star Wars is doing right, what we think Star Wars is doing wrong. We talked about Patty Jenkins' movie just kind of, you know, disappearing off the board. Ryan Johnson's movie apparently disappearing off the board. And uh, Kevin Feige's movie still going strong. What are your guys' thoughts about Ray, Finn, Poe, and the gang? Sure. Well, I mean, it... it in terms of like, is there more story to tell? I don't know. Like Ray Skywalker, <laughs> that I, I don't know a ton of people who enjoyed that, but but there probably were some folks out there who who, who liked that turn. Um, a lot of it has to do with the actors. Like mm-hmm. they've all been pretty uh, clear that uh, I believe Oscar Isaac said in an interview, like, yeah, if I need to buy a new summer house, maybe he'll go to he'll go back to Star Wars again. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is getting them back, and as of right now, it seems like they don't have any interest, but. You know, time heals all wounds. Um, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, I imagine Ewan McGregor was probably very done with uh, playing in the Star Wars sandbox. But a little bit of time passes and you see how much uh, that character is is revered and how much people want to know what, what what's going to happen. And the fact that he's aged into... Uh, and how uh, much and, and how much he needs want. a new and how much he needs a new summer home. Oh, 100%. 100%. Those residuals for for the prequel trilogy might be running out. Yeah. Um so a lot of it is just if they can get the people back. Is there more story to tell? You know, that comes down to that comes down to your writer and director. Um is there like I know people have speculated that, you know, we'll finally get to see what we wanted to see with Luke, we wanted to see him try to reestablish the Jedi Order. Is yeah. is is that something? Is that a, the torch that Ray's going to pick up? Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people would like to see Finn uh, have his story served a little bit better because it started off in a, in a p- potentially exciting place, and ultimately they they kind of dropped the ball. And and Oscar Isaac, you know, who doesn't like him? Like everyone mm-hmm. would love to see more adventures with Poe Dameron. Do I think it'll happen? Probably not for a while. Their plate seems to be fairly full at the moment. But stranger things have happened. I thought for sure we were going to be seeing Rogue Squadron in two years. So, <laughs> Well, when the mouse comes calling, uh, the mouse shows up with a big suitcase most of the time. So, I mean, like, that's that's and all of a sudden your little independent film projects kind of go by the wayside in your mind because there could be a really good, nice payday for this situation, depending on where you're at, depending on where you're at. You know, Oscar Isaac has been developing for quite some time here as an as a force, as an actor, a lot of developing respect, uh, doing his thing. And a lot of people have enjoyed him in numerous projects. Uh, John Boyega. We haven't seen much of him. Um, there's a small axe episode, but not much else. There's an ABC series that he was on that he's gone. So where are we going to see? I don't know what we're going to see from him going forward. Uh, and Daisy Ridley, who, you know, kind of gone back to these smaller roles, playing in these smaller films, not really leading. I mean, nobody went to see Chaos Walking. Uh, she was a part of the Death on the Nile or whatever it was. And, uh, and there's, so there's, there's little things like that that you see her popping up in, but she's not leading a new franchise. So... Uh, the the idea is here. There's some bridge building to be done with these actors, and these actors haven't like moved on to bigger projects to kind of leave them behind, leave Star Wars or Disney behind. So the bridge building has got to be done here. And you guys know, as creatives, if the story is good, then the interest can come back. I mean, I'm sure you and McGregor came back because he looked at that script and he's like, "This looks awesome. Yes, I want to be a part of it." There's enough time that's passed. I can dive in. There's plenty of story to tell with Ray. I love Ray. I think Ray's a fantastic character. I would love to see more with Ray. I think she's a badass. Give me some more. I don't care about if I ever see Kylo Ren again. Ray is whoever was who I wanted to see. I'd love to see more with Finn. No more Captain Phasma. Let Finn do his story and do that. 
And same thing with Paul Dameron. So I think what has to happen here is, is some whoever, maybe Filoni, maybe Favreau, maybe somebody comes in as a creative, looks at the story and pairs down all the stuff that really didn't work and focuses on the nuts and bolts of what makes each of these characters work. And maybe they're each mini Disney Plus series, right? Finn in his own series, Ray in her own series, Poe Dameron in his own series. All of that could be very, very interesting. They don't necessarily have to be, you know, circling around each other. They can pop up in each other's series, but they don't have to necessarily be series regulars in each other's series. So I think that's a possibility to explore for sure. And I like the Kathleen Kennedy is like handing out the olive barrel, putting out the olive branch to maybe open the door just a little bit for people to start for people, for those actors rather to start considering the possibility. I mean, they kind of need to be in each other's series if you were going to go that way a little bit. Ray's got to train uh, Finn in the Force, and uh, Finn true. has to wake up every morning next to his boyfriend Poe. So there's <laughs> definitely a lot of interplay between these Uh-oh. three. New breaking um, geek news. Here we go. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, listen, Oscar Isaac clearly wanted them to be boyfriends. From all accounts, J.J. Abrams wanted to make them boyfriends. It's about time that we all just admitted those two are boyfriends. Okay. Um, but even beyond that, I think one of the things you guys are both forgetting yep. is that... Uh, with the prequel tr- trilogy, the thing that fixed a Clone lot Wars. of the things yep. was Clone Wars, which was You're animated. Right. And there's You're no right. reason that you can't continue the adventures of Rey, Finn, Poe, the New Republic, the remnants of the First Order in animation the yeah. same way that we did with Clone Wars until you get to the point where you're going to get everybody back for a live action movie where they ironed out some of maybe the story points that weren't as well ironed out and mm-hmm. have them ready to like step into bigger roles. Because I think all of those actors did great jobs. Yeah. And I also think to John's point, I like the characters. There's a lot in the new trilogy that I like. And I like Ray a lot. I love when I go to Galaxy's Edge, seeing little boys and little girls absolutely lose their shit when yeah. they see Ray and Chewie together. Like they just see Ray and they love Ray. And so I think that there's an entire generation of kids that are growing up with Ray and Finn and Poe. And it would be awesome for them to get more adventures. And I think animation, just like with Clone Wars, is a really strong contender in a way to do that Mm -hmm. that will then get you to the point where whatever's happening next. Because I think the bigger question that they are really clearly struggling with right now than what do we do with Rey or what do we do with Poe or is there a good individual story there is where is the galaxy going? Yeah. Like we gave them kind of a pass with force awakens where you're like okay well where the galaxy went is exactly where it was the first time we have the bad guys we have the good guys we have uh we have a scrappy uh resistance instead of a rebellion like we kind of just changed the names but the characters were the same but i don't know that you can do that again and say up 25 years later the empire's back again so we gotta rebel one more time there's no more r words that you can use so they need to do something different and I think they don't really know what that is. I think that putting together putting together uh, a new Jedi Order or what do you do with the Jedi or what do Jedi do in this universe? Because clearly we've seen, if you're reading the High Republic books and then if you've watched Clone Wars and you've watched the prequels, like Jedi Order eh, can yeah. be pretty awesome but can also be a little problematic. Some so questions, yeah. I think that... Um, answering what to do with the Jedi and how what the balance of the light and the dark side of the force is, which are some pretty big questions, kind of helps you figure out where to go. And I really think they have no idea yet. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and who wants to be the first? And I think this is, we talked about this Rogue Squadron. Maybe Patty's like, I don't want to be the first one through the door. No, I'm good. You guys, wherever you guys, you guys create something, then I'll go be a part of it. Maybe at that point, 
she'll come back to the situation. I think most creative people have a solid balance of the uh, anxiety to be afraid to be the first person to go through the door True. and the ego to say, I'm going to be the one that's going to go through the door. Great. Point. I also think, well, that's Christopher Nolan, is, how that worked out with right. Tenet. But anyway, go, yeah. Um, but I also think that as they are trying to figure out where they're going to go with all this, mm. I think a big piece of the puzzle that might help lead to that direction is whatever the hell Filoni is doing as yeah. he's overwriting the Ahsoka scripts right now. Like he's saying that he's having the time of his life writing these scripts because this is an adventure for Ahsoka that he's had in his head a long time. And that as he's writing it, it's interesting to see how it's evolving and changing as you actually have to figure out all those details as you're actually putting uh, pen to page. And so I think that just given the timeline of things and Ahsoka and Sabine and potentially Ezra and what those Jedi or mm. gray Jedi or not quite Jedi or force wielders are doing while Rey is over here doing what she's doing post yeah. Rise of Skywalker, there's a world where you bring all these characters together and 10 years from now or whatever it is and we all blow our goddamn minds. Like yeah. we just lose True. it. So Absolutely. If there's a new Jedi Order and it's Ezra, Ahsoka, and Rey, like, sign yeah. me up. I'm out. I'm out. I'm in. Is that, a death, is that a death star? Uh, it's a kill star. <laughs> it's, a, it's a boom. It's a boom planet. It's a boom planet. Oh, it's a boom planet. It's totally different. It's a boom planet. Okay, cool. That's six minute abs. Seven minute abs. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, all right, Shannon, any Rebel, final words? Resist the coil. Uh... <laughs> Like, I was literally thinking, I'm like, what are other R words that we could use? <laughs> Release. <laughs> nope. 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 Uh, all right. Uh, Shannon, I think you're up next with the trail. We'll keep tabs on that, Mikey. And uh, Shannon, for sure, as it goes along and seeing if, if there's ever going to be a new project announced with any of these characters coming back, would be very, very interesting, especially the John Boyega one. They're going to do a lot of bridge building to make that happen if they do. Um, Shannon, where are we off to next? With trailers, trailers. We only got two this week. Oh. Uh, the first one I actually got to see in the theaters. And this was a project that, you know, when it was first announced, it was like, yeah, yeah, why? Um, but then we got our first teaser and then we got our first trailer now for DC League of Super Pets starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Crypto, Kevin Hart as Ace. And we found out just recently that John Krasinski is going to be the voice of Superman. We've also got Kate McKinnon, Vanessa Bayer, Natasha Leone, Diego Luna, Keanu Reeves, and Mark Marin for all you WTF fans as the voice of Lex Luthor, <laughs> which we get to hear him talk in this trailer. And I was shocked. I was like, I really thought Lex Luthor was going to be an uh, age, aging hipster, really disgruntled guy. And I'm like, holy shit, Mark Marin's really doing a good job. So we got to see the first look. We're getting an idea of the story. Um, but Jen, I'll throw it to you all first. What did you all think of our second look at the DC League of Super Pets? Mikey, you're the animation guy. Uh, you know, so far, everything that I've seen of it looks like it's a really solid movie. I think that uh, the biggest thing that I got out of this trailer is, A, we're going to get a lot more of the human superheroes than I thought we were going to get, which I'm definitely on board for. It looks really, really funny. But B, that it's not, oh, here's Batman's pet, here's Wonder Woman's pet, here's Green Lantern's pet. Like, what you get from the trailer is Crypto is the super dog. Uh, and all of these other pets, including Ace, who, if you're a comic book guy, you know is going to be Batman's, or is supposed to be Batman's dog, Ace the Bat-Hound. The Bat -hound. <laughs> but these other pets look like they are just rescues that, due to whatever crazy Lex Luthor thing happens, the Justice League loses their powers, and all of these random pets who don't know how to be heroes end up getting the powers. And so it's up to Crypto, the Rock, to 
find the hero in all of these pets. And that, just from a basic, this is the setup of the story, that there's a lot more to mine there for a strong, emotional, animated story that uh, really works well. Like that, that crypto kind of having this issue of like, I need you guys to help me save the heroes. And these guys being like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. It's that bad news bears. Let's train these guys. Let's get these guys into shape to be the heroes we need them to be. That's way more interesting than here's every superhero's pet mm-hmm. who has similar powers to those people. Let's watch them do some stuff. So yeah. just the fact that they made that pretty significant change, uh, that's a good storytelling change. So mm-hmm. I'm actually really, really stoked about it from everything I've seen so far. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, if you're going to walk into this, as Michael said, you got to have a new in, interesting way than just attaching these do- these pets rather to their human counterparts, right? That's the big complaint with Marvel. Oh, you just made the villain the exact opposite of the hero. That's that's not inventive. This was new and interesting. I like this approach. Having read occasional DC League of Super Pets comics growing up uh, as a teenager just for fun, it's nice to see it kind of take on this You thing. don't have and- to excuse it. You don't have to excuse it. Embrace it. <laughs> I like that this is where you draw the line. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I read it. Maybe I didn't. Uh, Looked at a couple of them. Oh, oh. I picked it up accidentally. Oh, is this? Oh, Cloak and Dagger? Oh. <laughs> you know, anyway, I love the idea that we're uh, presenting this from a new angle. And I love the Rock and Kevin Hart. I mean, they have a natural comedic chemistry. I like that they're essentially going to maybe be battling for control, just like Batman and Superman do. Control of the pack here of, of pets, which I think is really funny. You're seeing the shades of everyone, right? The turtle being Flash, essentially. Looks like a little squirrel of Shazam. So everyone's got their little things that they've got going on that's all going to work in some fun and interesting ways. And the cat is the villain, which I think is great. Totally works, um, because no one trusts a cat, even though I love cats. Uh, and then, yes, Mark Maron, of all people, someone who on his own podcast talk crap about these superhero films has now been in Joker and he's now the voice of Lex Luthor. I just heard him in an interview with Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. that dropped a couple of weeks ago and he full on says, yeah, you know, cause he, he said he hadn't watched any of the Marvel movies, but you know, he talked some crap about them, but then he showed up in Joker and everyone gave him crap for being a Joker. But he's like, I was only in a scene or two with De Niro. Who's going to turn that down. And now he's full on a voice in an animated uh, superhero from uh, superhero film from uh, WB and DC. So he can't say shit about superhero films anymore. And I think that's a good thing as well. And maybe he was angling so he could play a bigger role like Lex Luthor, which is why he was talking all that crap. But I mean, listen, all of it works, man. If you want to play Lex Luthor, the best thing that you can do is shit on superheroes. So it was a good strategy, really. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I love it. It's a lot of fun. And I love the animation. It's interesting. It's bright, which I dig. And it's easily accessible no matter what age you are to enjoy for sure. And it's got that little bit of Secret Life of Pets vibe to it as well. So having Kevin Hart in it kind of makes you go like, well, which film am I watching? So I like it. Very, very good stuff. And The Rock. Now he's also uh, Crypto and Black Adam. Interesting. All right. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought the trailer was adorable. I thought it was super funny. And I also love the idea that uh, Superman wants Crypto to connect with other animals, yeah. which is something, you know, that's a, that's a Superman point, is, you know, yeah. the ability to connect when you are essentially a god. And mm-hmm. a great little comedic moment between Crypto and I think a Corgi who has, who has just bitten a FedEx man. Super, super funny. Yeah. DC League of Superheads is going to be out in May of uh, 2022. And our second trailer, which really isn't a trailer, it was basically the first five minutes of the movie, <laughs> was for Jurassic World Dominion from Colin Trevorrow coming back to uh, finish off his trilogy. 
Uh, we got a lot of dinosaurs. We got some more dinosaurs. And we got some more dinosaurs. Gentlemen, what did we think of our first look of the first five minutes of Jurassic World Dominion? Have at it. Uh, I'll, I'll go real quick. I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan of this franchise over the last few films. I really am not. But I like the opening five minutes here. I, I like the intro. I like the, the dinosaurs being a part of this thing and them working it back into modern day at the drive-in, kind of very similar to what happened in Jurassic Park 2 where they're walking all over the Blockbuster video and stuff in San Diego. Hey, my, my town now. But I, I like this uh, uh, approach to it. So at least for me, they stupidly sucked me back in to think that maybe, maybe this is the good one from this series other than the first Jurassic Park film. We shall see. But what did, what did you think, Mike? You like the uh, you like the dinosaurs in your dinosaur trailer there, John? Is that what you're saying? Hey, they could look cheesy. They could look um, bad. The, that look, as I said on Twitter, of course they showed you five minutes of dinosaurs. Yeah. The dinosaurs aren't the problem with this new trilogy. <laughs> um, here, I, I fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, <laughs> fuck us all. I don't know what to tell you, but I. <laughs> Like yeah, like, well said. You know what we can? You know what we know is true. Yeah, we can make dinosaurs look fucking awesome. Yeah, true. Like That's dinosaurs true. look amazing, and the dinosaurs in this trailer looked so cool. Mm. Uh, I mean, down to the details of like the T Rex even had like hair on his back because we know that dinosaurs had feathers and hair and more stuff than we used to think they did, and like all the details. Just these dinosaurs were spectacular looking. Mm -hmm. And just seeing five minutes of dinosaurs doing dinosaur things, if that's what Jurassic Park 3 uh, Dominion was going to be, like, or Jurassic World Dominion was going to be, it was just a bunch of dinosaurs doing dinosaur things, get someone to come in and narrate it like it's a Netflix special, I'd be in. I'd be so happy. But no, they're going to have a bunch of human characters come in and do some stupid, stupid shit, yeah. just like they did in the first two movies. Also, I'm probably going to go see it in theaters. So, you know what? So, screw me. So, screw me. <laughs> this, I, yeah. I just ahead, don't go think ahead, it's going to be good. No, I just don't think it's going to be good. But I'm oh. going to go. Yeah. This this movie is going to look fantastic on the big screen. Like, you yep. want to again, you want to see it in IMAX. You want to see it on a really big screen. You want the dinosaurs to be as big as possible. Um, if Attenborough had come in and started narrating the the face-off between the T-Rex and the other dinosaur, I'm like, I'm like, Vogel. I'm like, oh, that would have been that would have been incredible um the moment that the the modern day footage started i actually thought it was kind of cool like the helicopter chasing it down i think they probably have the worst sniper ever that you couldn't hit a t-rex yeah uh that's a that's a large target but you know i mean trevorrow you know he it was his idea this new trilogy uh jurassic world for how much i didn't think it was like a great movie i was like well that was that was a fun that was a fun summer movie that was a great afternoon at the movies even though i have no i have no need to go see this again will he kind of deliver on the the uh finale of this trilogy we will find out in June of 2022. Oof, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break and jump into our main topics here. And we're talking about things we're grateful for as we are on the precipice of another Thanksgiving here in 2021. We're right back right after this. Dun, 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 dun. Thank you for being a friend. Oh. Ba, 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 ba. Travel around the world and back Down again. the road. Down I, don't, I the didn't road. watch the show. I got the theme. You never watched the show? Oh. 
No, I, I haven't watched the show in, in 20 oh, years. Okay, okay, okay. I remember the theme. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> that show, the writing on that show rivals anything you people watch on Friends or Seinfeld over and over again. Golden Girls is uh, holds up to ultimate rewatches. I'm I feel like, different animals. Different like animals. Is John, John is Dorothy, Shannon is Rose, and does that make me Blanche? Am I Blanche? I... Out of the three of us, I'm Blanche, but that's getting think, that's that's Geek Buddies after John, dark. I think John is Sophia. No, I think I'm Blanche. John, I don't know if you know anything about Blanche's character, but <laughs> yeah, I do. You're so you're, you're Sophia. I've slept with a lot of people. I could be Blanche. John, you're so you're Sophia. John, I am not Sophia. Yeah, you are Sophia. You're Sophia. <laughs> you're the, so, you're the short, sarcastic one. You're Sophia. I'm, I'm the youngest. Blanche. I'm the youngest one here. Wait, well, so was Estelle Getty. Life. So that's was Estelle Getty, though. Yeah, said she was the youngest Getty. one out of the four she of them. Was. <laughs> but, but am I Estelle Getty or am I Sophia? Sophia was the oldest one. Oh God, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah. But he axles. He's the pr- so Sophia was the prude. You're kind of a prude in, in, in certain things, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Sophia was not the prude. What are you talking about? You're Dorothy. All right, fine. I'll be Dorothy. I'll be I, Dorothy. I want every gay, every I'll be gay geek buddies. Every gay geek buddies viewer, please confirm in the comments section or on Twitter that I am correct that John Roca is Dorothy and Shannon is Rose, and I'm probably Blanche. All right, f- Photoshop us onto a, a, a gay divorce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, uh, what we're talking about here, we got about a few minutes left to, in our show because we had a little bit of a time constraint. Uh, is to talk about what we are thankful for on this Thanksgiving. Uh, as we're about to celebrate, look, it's been a crazy since it's been a crazy year, 12 months since that last Thanksgiving. So, and it's still happening, but yeah. this is a time to get together. More and more people are vaccinated. So maybe as opposed to last year, more people are hanging out with their friends, hanging out with their family, doing stuff this weekend. So we, we want to thank you all for being uh, fans of the Geek Buddies and listeners of the Geek Buddies. But we also want to give thanks for certain things that are going on in our world. Uh, Mikey, you want to take it away? Thank you for being a buddy. <laughs> bo, bo, bo. Put up with us as we get so nutty. Your heart is Whoa. true. You're a pal and a confidant. All right. Uh, no, we he, actually he were is talking a lyricist, about this. folks. He is a lyricist. Um, we were actually talking, and like we're really excited. In addition to just being super grateful for all of you, because uh, thanks to all of you listening uh, and Carbon Health, our sponsor, we get to keep doing this every week, and we get yeah. to uh, talk all geeky stuff, and we really do truly enjoy it, and so it's awesome. And obviously, I'm thankful for my two co-hosts here, my buddies, who have been my buddies uh, for quite some time. But we were actually really excited because as we were all talking about our weekend plans, we realized that it is a geek cornucopia this weekend of awesome, awesome things to do. And each one of us kind of was throwing out the things that we're most excited about. And um, I I will dive in first, but one of the things I'm super stoked is... Obviously, I'm an animation nerd and a big animation fan, and there's more animation right now to watch than ever before. So as you are catching up, there's a ton of things to watch, but just focusing on Netflix for a second, if you haven't watched Maya and the Three yet, this is your weekend to check it out. Oh, yeah. Um, It's amazing. Even more so than that, if you haven't checked out Arcane yet on Netflix... Uh, that is really one of the craziest things that I've ever seen in my life as an animator. I had to talk to my therapist about how good it was <laughs> because it was giving me anxiety how good it was. That's how good this is. Um, so Netflix teamed up with Riot Games and did this show Arcane, which is kind of a 
a prequel series to the mm-hmm. League of Legends animated series. Uh, they worked with French animation studio Fortiche to deliver this, and Fortiche kind of like went above and beyond. I've never seen an animated style quite like this before. It is mm-hmm. CG painterly. Um, a friend of mine was saying that it basically looks like the way concept art looks when you see mm-hmm. when you look at those art of books and you see the amazing concept art, and you're like, God, it would have looked cool if it had looked like that. That's what Arcane looks like. It's an amazing story. I'm not a League of Legends guy. I know literally zero about League of Legends, and I'm mm-hmm. now obsessed with these characters. So uh, I'm probably going to rewatch most of it this weekend. But if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend you check it out this weekend. And if you've already checked out Arcane and you've already watched Maya, Maya and the Three, don't worry. There's more because mm-hmm. the back half of He-Man Masters of the Universe Revelations yes. came out today. Yeah. So... Uh, for all of you that were super, super mad about the first five episodes, you can see if they win you back in the next five. And for all of you that actually thought the first five were pretty awesome, like I think the three of us did, you can check out and see how it wraps up. And I'm sure it's still going to be pretty awesome. I've already watched the first episode uh, and they dive right back into the mix of it. And so, uh, yeah, I am thankful for animation. Um, and uh, particularly on Netflix, because the other big news today uh, that was announced, if you uh, follow any of us on Twitter, is that um strawberry shortcake those amazing shorts that shannon and i have been working on are all coming to netflix uh in spring of 2022 followed by four 44 minute specials which we're currently working on right now so uh there's even more fun animation coming down the way for you if you are a fan of berries of all shapes and sizes i'm not paying for any of my dinners anymore you guys are just paying for dinner every time. Just oh, it's cute. Dinner. It's cute that you're pretending you ever you got, paid for dinner. Shut your mouth. <laughs> even more so now. I'm gonna get the extra dessert. Even more so now. Uh-huh. That Netflix money. Um, <laughs> John, John's ledger is dripping with red right now. <laughs> uh, I guess. All right. Anyway, uh, Shannon, what do you got for uh, to be thankful for, my friend? Well, you know, we're, we're, we've watched the Marvel not necessarily have the smoothest transition into, into Phase 4 after, after what we just talked about. Uh, Eternals got kind of a mixed reaction. I think for the most part, everyone really likes Shang-Chi. Uh, uh, some of the, some of the what-ifs or some of the Disney Plus series outside of what-if, people have had their, have had their opinions. But mm. it's still so much fun, you guys. And, you know, we've all been waiting for the next Disney Plus series, which of course is Hawkeye, which is going to start, is going to be dropping tomorrow, or rather midnight tonight as we record, because it's Tuesday. Or is it uh, the, 9 p.m. for the West Coast people? As you no, no, it's West, okay, it's okay. West Coast right. midnight. Okay, okay. Yeah, H- I like HBO Max release strategy better. Disney, Disney, Plus, <laughs> Disney Plus goes West Coast. Gotcha. Um, but we're getting the first two episodes. Jeremy Renner's back as Clint Barton. Haley Stanfield as Kate Bishop. I mean, it's, and from at least, I mean, John has been lucky that that he's already seen the first yes. two. Yes. Um, and it sounds like for the most part, the reviews seem to be, seem to be pretty good. And yeah. plus it's coming out just in time for the season. So mm-hmm. that's something I'm super looking forward to. If you can't, if Hawkeye isn't doing it for you, if you're more of an animation guy like Vogel, just last week, Marvel released a series on Hulu called Hit Monkey. Mm-hmm. And it is an absolute blast. I am about three quarters of the way through it right now. If you've ever wanted to listen to a salty Ted Lasso give um, assassination advice to a Japanese snow monkey, this is your show. I mean, it's seriously such a blast. I feel like, 
Is that a big, that's a, that's like three people who want that exact thing, but I'm excited. I'm excited to check it out, but that is very specific. Oh yeah, I'm going to watch that is one it, sure. Is it, is it one, is it one, two, three? <laughs> <laughs> um, thus far, like it is, it is so much fun. It is a series like I will definitely want to revisit with folks. So yes, Marvel is bringing the goods this Thanksgiving weekend with Hawkeye and Hit Monkey. Don't yeah. forget about Hit Monkey. Can't recommend Hawkeye enough. Uh, just, I'm stoked. Just, yeah, it, it was fun to do the review. Trying not to do any non-spoiler stuff was like walking around <laughs> the edges. It isn't always easy. It isn't always easy. I, I was told today that uh, that uh, if I was to reveal what happens in House of Gucci, that's a spoiler. I'm like, that's from 1995. How is that a spoiler? But some people don't know the story. So I'm like, oh, my God. So anyway, <laughs> you just never know. You just never know in life, uh, to be honest with you. But this is really good. And it's, it is the Matt Fraction run. And it isn't the Matt Fraction run, which I think is good. It's its own thing so that you can enjoy it for sure. And they make some interesting decisions about how they start characters at certain spots in their lives. And let me tell you this. The second episode, the LARP scene, is my favorite scene of the first two episodes. I'm telling you right now, you guys are going to love that scene for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. all right, as, as for me, the things I'm thankful for uh, are two things right now. And that is, the first is Encanto, this brand new film that's coming out. As we're recording, this is coming out probably today when we drop this episode on Wednesday for people to enjoy with their families over Thanksgiving holiday. I can't recommend this enough. For those of you who follow me on Twitter, you saw my emotional reaction crying after I left the theater, finally seeing something of South American origin on a wide screen brought to you by a studio with a wide reach. It was incredible. Yes, it's set in Colombia. My parents are Bolivian, but still the connection there of the South American culture, the South American vibe is all there with incredible actors like Stephanie Beatrice and John Leguizamo being a part of this cast and so many other fantastic Latino and Hispanic actors and actresses being a part of this cast, telling the story of this family, the Madrigals, who are all uh, born from or have certain magic that they are they, they achieve at a certain age. And this one woman who doesn't have the magic, what her role is in her family and the pressures of all of that and what she ends up being, as you can see from the trailer, a possible savior for the family and other things as well. The animation, gorgeous. The songs, fantastic. The designs, the photorealism, all of it is, I'm so thankful that finally in 2021, there is something here to represent our culture on a wide scale. And I hope to God people go see this and it doesn't die the in the heights death that people go and see this and support it and patronize it and give it love because it's worth it. Uh, and the second thing I'm thankful for is uh, the Beatles documentary comes out on Apple TV as well. That's something I've geeked out about since I was 10 years old, the Beatles. And so getting to see the six hour documentary and enjoy these episodes, I just got them early uh, this morning. So I can't wait to sit down and watch them tonight and enjoy going back, falling back in love with the Beatles, seeing these let it be recording sessions and seeing what they're all about and getting and getting to enjoy some Beatles content I've never seen before because apparently there was like thousands of hours of footage that Peter Jackson combed to create this documentary. And I imagine since it's Peter Jackson, it's going to have more of a positive bent about what was going on as they were creating this music. And later on this week, Scott Mance and I will be reviewing those uh, for, uh, for you all here on the channel as well. So two things to be very thankful for as a geek going into uh, to this Thanksgiving. Mike, I will say, question, I, uh, real quick, real quick question for you, John: yeah. Is is the beat? Is it on Apple TV? Or is it on Disney Plus? Yeah, Apple it's TV on, is uh, is um, uh, the Beatles on one. Yes, Disney Plus. It's, I think. it's not on. Disney oh, is Plus? it Disney Plus? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. At Disney Plus, I apologize. <laughs> Disney Plus. That explains why I couldn't find it on the Apple TV screeners app. Duh. Oh, yeah, so it's on Disney I'm, Plus. 
I'm thankful that Johnny's still with us, even as he's getting older and that memory is just uh, you know slipping what? away. Sophia! I, uh, I, uh, I do have to say, I actually, and I, <laughs> yeah. I actually, uh, is Disney though. I got that. I got, we go. I got, I got in this argument with somebody. So one of the things that I've done ever since I was a kid is I can't actually contain myself and wait. So I always listen to the music oh, from the oh. Disney movies before they come out. So I've already listened to the Encanto soundtrack, like. 35 times and I bought it like a couple days ago and you know so you sort of figure out some of the plot points of the movie and stuff yeah. like that but I cannot wait to see these songs on the big screen because mm-hmm. I am obsessed with them already I I have there's a couple songs that I just can't there it's just repeat 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 so yeah. uh, I'm going to see it on Wednesday afternoon and I uh, I cannot wait and then I told Mr. McClung that I would probably take him later this weekend to see it again because I will probably see it about five or six times in the theater before it's available on Disney Plus around Christmas time. My, now, my so, favorite song. Oh, sorry, go the, ahead, John. Sorry, real quick. My favorite song is the Luisa Madrigal song about being the strongest person, but there's other oh. stuff going on inside. Favorite oh, song. Oh, I know. Favorite oh, song. I know that. I, I, I called that one a mile. I was like, well, this is John's favorite song. I knew. I knew. <laughs> as soon as it started, I was like, I don't know if I like this song. And then it kicked. I was like, ah. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Uh, is, is, the, is the song count comparable to Moana or is it more? Oh, yeah. It is, well, because, like, one of the complaints about Moana, which I don't share this complaint because I love it, but basically there's uh, How Far I'll Go, How Far I'll Go reprise, Mm -hmm. and then a little bit later you hit How Far I'll Go again. And similar with that big song about the ancestors, there's that song and kind of the other one. So a lot of the songs are kind of the similar refrains in Moana. Yeah. Um, And Kanto has a bunch of songs, and they're all kind of bangers, and they're very different. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is just not stopping anytime soon. And speaking of Lin-Manuel Miranda, I know we're wrapping up, but... uh, Non-animation wise, but as you are combing all of the streaming sites this weekend, uh, as you're trying to like take a break from the family, also check out Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, the musical about Jonathan Larson's life. Jonathan Larson, who uh, wrote Rent, Tick, Tick, Boom is the musical he wrote prior to Rent. Uh, They've done a movie adaptation starring Andrew Garfield, Lin-Manuel Miranda directed it. And if you are, I know that we're usually geeky about, you know, superheroes and galaxies far, far away and all that fun stuff, but... We're all big musical theater nerds, too. And if you are also a musical theater nerd, do yourself a favor and check out Tick, Tick, Boom, because it absolutely destroyed me on many, many levels. Yeah. A lot of people already saying that uh, Andrew Garfield, it'll, it's a two-man race right now for best actor. That's what everybody Garfield says. I haven't, Will Smith. Yeah. I haven't watched King wow. Richard yet. I'm oh going to check God. that out this weekend. But, uh, but yeah, and every, everyone says everyone says it's down to those two for best mm-hmm. actor. So. Wow. I'll say I, I enjoyed Denzel Washington and Tragedy of Macbeth. I'm going to put that out there. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Shannon, is there anything you wanted to kind of uh, add on to this? No, I don't. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm still loving Succession, which is not, you know, yep. <laughs> not like the geekiest show. Mm. And John, how how you how you have not gotten on this train yet is just shocking. No, I don't know. I don't. I, know. I really. At some point, you're gonna break, and you're gonna be like, "Why did I wait so long?" Because Probably. It is Brian Cox in that show is just. You're gonna love every single. <laughs> beat that he does in that like it's amazing it's, it's shakespeare it's shakespeare it's like deadwood oh. was shakespeare in the west this is shakespeare in the awful financial world and this is season three right yeah season three all right i can catch up on uh two seasons of that i did that with Mad Men in a week one time four seasons in a week so i can oh and once you go in once you go in on succession <laughs> yeah. you just don't stop you don't stop okay. you just all right all right sounds good i like it uh all right anything else we need to wrap up and say as we're saying thanks uh anything else you guys want to say or good 
No, yeah, just that okay. that is, uh, we're yeah. thankful for our audience. Thankful yeah. for you guys. Very much so thankful for you all. Thank you for watching us. Thank you for dealing with me, forgetting what streaming services, putting what out there. <laughs> Thank you for being patient with me and understanding that my heart's in the right place, even though my brain might not always be there. I love you all madly, and we love you all madly as well for taking a chance on us. I mean, what are we in our second year, third year of doing the Geek Buddies? So pretty incredible third year of doing the geek buddies when we started out we weren't sure if anybody was going to listen to us uh, ranting and raving about stuff and we've been increasing every year our listenership and our viewership and it means a lot that you all have taken the chance on us and consistently come back and leave such incredible comments uh throughout the youtube uh, uh comment section whenever we drop the video for sure um, all right, so we want to say to you all, please have a great Thanksgiving, a safe Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family and your friends. And also, Shannon, what should they do uh, during this Thanksgiving as well? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies. On Instagram, at The underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at The Roca Says. Mikey? If you threw a party... And invited everyone you knew. You would see the biggest gift would be for me. And the card attached would say, thank you for being a friend. Uh, and we do thank you for being a friend. And here's what you guys can do as our friends. Uh, if you can hit that like button below, you can subscribe to John's Outlaw Nation page where you can check out all kinds of content from all of our other buddies and friends. Um, leave some comments below. Let us know what you're thankful for this year. What geek stuff are you excited about in 2022? What things do you think were your tops of 2021? Uh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Let us know. Put it in the chat. If you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere where podcasts are available, we would be thankful if you left us some stars and uh, left us some comments because it helps us go up in the rankings. And we would also be thankful if you retweeted this video or posted it on your socials or sent it to your friends and said hey they should check out the geek buddies that would make us so very thankful mm -hmm. absolutely there you go all right well nothing more to add to that thank you all so much take care of yourselves be well and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode from the geek buddies <gasps> hey! and thank you carbon health thank you very much carbon health we love you too Pete. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.